good afternoon. Welcome to everyone to the September 12th edition of the Ag Market Network monthly cotton teleconference. Uh, the program is uh, brought to you by BASF, the owners of Fibermax and Stoneville Cottonseed. We appreciate them and everything they do to make this program possible. Today we're being led by Dr. John Robson. Uh, he will talk to us about the report that was a little bit surprising today. John, thanks for leading us. Thank you, Pat, and welcome to everybody. <clears throat> uh, so I'm going to start with the world numbers, and my memory of last month's report was they cut everything, but they cut production more than they cut uh, the demand side, and so ending stocks got tighter, and that's that's certainly what happened this time uh, with with this month. They cut every category in the world balance sheet, uh, on the supply side, you know, almost a million bales of beginning stocks were lower, and that was because they assumed or they concluded that there was more consumption in his, historical years in China and Turkey, so there was fewer beginning stocks, and that was big enough to outweigh some increases in in beginning stocks in the U.S. and in Brazil. Uh, so anyway, cutting that, production was lower by 1.73 million, one and three quarter million bales. Uh, and that's reflected as an increase in every, everything's up in Brazil and down everywhere else. So Brazil's up almost over a half a million bales, and then the U.S. is cut, India's cut, a number of other countries are cut. So lower production, so lower supply overall. Uh, imports were lower, a little over 600,000 bales by some, you know, Bangladesh and Vietnam and important places. Exports. Again, are higher in Brazil, but they're cut in a whole bunch of other places. So, in the net is uh, net cut to exports. Uh, world consumption's down a million bales, uh, notably in India, and Bangladesh, Vietnam, Mexico. So, the bottom line of it, again, the supply side cuts dominate the demand side cuts, so that you have a net reduction in world ending stocks, 1.64 million bales. Uh, which, you know, the direction of which is bullish and, and the resulting level of world-ending stocks is, um, I would say, price-supportive. So um, so I would have thought that would have given a little oomph to the market. But anyway, focusing on the, on the U.S. numbers um, in particular, it's, um, here you might – we had a big cut in production, which I was expecting, and this would be the second one in two months. I think a lot of people were – were and still are expecting USDA to, to trim their forecast of U.S. production. So you might wonder, well, how can they cut 860,000 bales of production and, and not have a not have a bigger effect? Well, there's a whole bunch of offsets, particularly in, in the U.S. balance sheet. Yes, they cut production, but that was partially offset by raising uh, beginning stocks, uh, U.S. beginning stocks, by over a half a million bales. And uh, so that's real. It's really only a 310,000 bale reduction in supply, and that then is partially offset by lowering exports, uh, 200,000 month over month. Which you know that's sort of to be expected from having either the thought that there's fewer exportable supplies, and it may have something to do with our competitor Brazil having yet more production and yet higher exports. The competition of that. But anyway, the net effect of all these offsets is that. We had a 100,000 bale reduction. And when it's all said and done and the dust settles, we're 100,000 bales tighter, down to 3 million 
That's nothing to sneeze at, but you know, it's it's not itself isn't something that I would expect would send the market rocketing off. You know, it's 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 good that it's tighter and not adding to it, but it was probably somewhat expected as we were discussing before the call. So so I'd call you know I'd call the world adjustments price supportive bullish, and I'd call the U.S. Maybe the U.S. adjustments were disappointing to some people who were expecting a great big production cut to carry all the way to the to the bottom line. Uh, what else do I want to say? The uh, they the the underlying causes of the U.S. cut in production they lowered lowered planted acres. They kept abandonment roughly at 22 percent, but they lowered planted acres, therefore harvested acres went down, and they raised yield. So another kind of semi-offsetting effect, fewer acres, but but higher yield there. Maybe that indicates some loss of dry, low-productive, low low-yielding dry land. Um, so we'll have to see how that unfolds. I think that's going to wrap up. That does That is what I'm expecting going forward because as we get to September, we're getting to the point where the last harvestable bulls are are being created and matured, and so there's there's going to be crop insurance assessments pre-harvest, whether or not fields that are standing there, particularly in a lot of places, dryland fields in the rolling plains and spots that don't always have a standing crop there, but they do this year, and the question is going to be, you know, how many bowls are on that plant? Will that field even be harvested? And so those decisions are going to be happening in the next month or so, next month or two. And um, and so there'll be some late-breaking adjustment that that could lead yet to more um, reductions in production and increases of, of abandonment. So we may have some more of these kinds of adjustments in our near future. And I'll leave it at that, Pat. All right. Well, let's open it up for anybody that would like to comment. I'd like to hear Kip's comments. I don't know why you're picking on me today, O.A., but uh, you may say you heard. missed the last two sessions. Well, I don't know why you're picking on me. Thank you. Um, I think you made a comment earlier just before we went on about demand. I think that's a real important part of this market right now, and there was some uh, – People alluded to, well, why wasn't there a little bit more of an impact from this uh, production cut? And I think it is that the uh, the demand is not terrible. It's just not increasing and not strong. And the consumer's doing his part. But at the end of the day, I think it's starting to uh, the kind of slow down in economics is catching up. I think the market is in um, – really not bad out there, but it's not good, you know. It's nothing to get excited about. So I think the absence of demand, uh, of strong demand, I should say, is what allowed this uh, this price to sort of not respond the way a lot of people thought it should with a 3-meter fail carryover and potential for a smaller carryover uh, if the production continues to decline, as John sort of intimated. So I think that's kind of where we are right now. It's more of a demand emphasis mark than supply. All right. Uh, Gerald, what are your thoughts? Um, 
nothing earth shattering, that's for sure. I was sort of curious, uh, how do you drop Texas acres so much and, and you adjust uh, harvested acres and you raise yield and you end up with the exact same production estimate as in the previous month? I guess I don't, it almost makes it look like, hey, give me the answer you're looking for and I'll make it work out somehow. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, uh, so 4-2, you know, and I think, uh, uh, I, th I think there's people out there who've got better, you know, handle on a Texas crop than I do. But I think that, from what I'm hearing, that crop should come in eventually. We're going to see that crop come in below four million bales, probably somewhere in the three seven, three eight range, something like that. So I think we've got some more cuts coming in terms of the U.S. crop. But it's almost like it doesn't matter right now. You can't tell what you, what we've got, what what little that we've got at the moment. I think Brazil has taken up a lot of the uh, uh, the slack. Australia is is, is uh, out there aggressive, so we're just going to have to wait our turn until uh, you know Australia and Brazil kind of uh, uh, get through with their their stuff. And I wouldn't I wouldn't I would mistake a slow export sales season from the U.S. to to to, to convert that into a gee, the world must be doing terrible on the consumption side. No, they're just not buying our cotton right now. You know, they're using, you know, Pakistan's got a bigger crop. They're using the cheaper domestic cotton. You know, they're going to, wherever they've got a better crop or they've got a cheaper domestic crop, they're going to try to use that up first, I think, before they come, you know, uh, come to the U.S. So, uh, you know, I do think demand is somewhat suspect, as, as Kip says. I just don't know that it's, as bad as we as we keep making it out to be. I mean, uh, ICAC, I think, came out with a world consumption number of, what, 105 million bales the other day? I don't know who they're talking to, but that's 10 million bales below USDA. Um, that's, uh, that, seems awfully, uh, that seems awfully low. So a lot of questions on the demand side. Certainly some questions left on the supply side here in the United States, but... Uh, um, you know, as always said earlier, you know, good thing that we got a little smaller crop. It's going to keep this thing, help keep this thing propped up in the uh, mid to high 80s uh, rather than the mid to high 70s. So that, that's my thoughts for right now. All right, O.A., what are you thinking? Well, uh, several things, none of which are very intelligent. We're at, uh, market's at 88 cents. U.S. carryover is 3 million bales. Last month, U.S. carryover was 3 million bales, I guess 3.1 maybe, but 3 million, and the market was, it got up to 88 cents. So thinking in terms of U.S. carryover being at 88, being at uh, 3 million bales, 88 cents is very, very comfortable. Uh, and if you're at 88 cents, then you can be a nickel on the side of that real easily, I would suggest. I think... Uh, People certainly don't want to hear me say it, but because I have said it a million times, you cannot have a bull market without demand. And I'm not sure exactly what I heard Gerald say, but I think he said he, he doesn't think demand's as bad as a lot of folks are making it out to be. I remember probably in the 18, 18 yeah, I am that old to be thinking about the 1880s, <laughs> But in the 19, uh, late 1980s, Roger Miller had a big hit called Big River on Broadway. And uh, there was a song in there about being worlds apart. 
everybody looking up, seeing the same sky from around the world, but they're worlds apart. I'm just worlds apart from a lot of people on consumption. I am extremely bearish on consumption. I don't mind the ICAC number from the standpoint of its correctness. I think consumption is that bad. I unfortunately think the U.S. economy is that bad. We keep trying for it not to be that bad. Maybe we have, in fact, reverted, averted a recession, but uh, we still have lots of problems that are lingering. We've fed this economy with so much money for so long, we have to pay the price. And that's what we're doing now. We're paying the price. We're not going to correct it overnight. We'll go into the first or second quarter without any demand for U.S. cotton. Brazil has come on with a huge crop. I think now, you, y'all correct me, I think we're the fourth largest producer in the world. Uh, we're not that far removed a decade from being the world's largest grower of cotton. Uh, maybe my age is showing. Maybe it's uh, two decades. But uh, China's number one. I believe India's two. Now Brazil is number three. We're number four. So... Uh, we do not, and we're losing demand to Brazil. We're losing demand to Australia, which we will because of the quality of their crop. But, uh, you know, we just don't have that demand base. It's, it's rapidly eroding, and that's where price is. If we had a normal crop, 15 million, and that's not normal, 15 million is low. If we had a 17, 18 million bale crop like we won't every year, uh, we'd be in the mid-60s to low-60s probably. So I'm just a water hose with nothing but cold water. So I'll shut up and thank you for listening to me. Well, O.A., you're talking about uh, the lack of demand. That leads into what, what do you think the new price range is for December cotton? How low can we go? How high can we go? Well, I think uh, it's unusual for me to go first. I have to copy and agree with everybody else. But I, I, we have done 88 cents four, five, six times, and I guess we got up to 90 now once. If we can kick that door once, we can kick it twice, and it, it may come open the next time. I'd go up to 92, 93 cents on the top side, not that I'm expecting that at all. But 92, 93 cents, and on the bottom side, I'm going to hang around 80 to 82 cents. Okay. John, what about you? I think we right conditions could get us over. I disagree with what O.A. just said. Lazily, 82.92. Okay. Kip, what do you think? Well, I I like the 82 side. But, uh, I mean, I... Markets trade. I, I'm a little bit higher on on that. I, I think that uh, specs are involved with this market. I, so I'm minus like 80, 82 to 80, uh, 94 or something in that range. All right, Gerald. You know, I like always uh, you know initial thoughts when he said you know 88 cents. You could see you know a nickel on either side. So you know 83 to 93 would be my. Uh, my number for right now, you know, from a fr- from a technical perspective, this market looks fantastic, and I think we could go a lot higher. Fundamentally, you can't make the case to go a lot higher, if, at least not today. And you know, from from the demand side, it's just uh, I don't think I don't think the demand is is as bad as Oway says, but it's not great either. That's for darn sure. 
and uh, we're, the, these mills are not in a big hurry to cover anything because there's there seems there's seemingly plenty of, of, of cotton out there for them to to buy ahead of U.S. cotton for right now. So you know we're just we're we're just going to struggle. We're going to bounce around, you know, and probably even thinner than a you know eighty probably eighty five to, to to ninety is probably where we're going to spend a lot of time here for the next thirty days. Well, if if you take the demand out of it, and I know Oway won't want to hear this, but if you take the demand out and you just look at the charts and you you the technical side, which you comment on was positive, what do you see on the charts to the upside? Um, <laughs> I'm embarrassed to even say it. Um, no, no, I could, go I ahead. Could, we want to hear. I could see us getting back over a buck, just just on the chart, like 107. But I mean, fundamentally, you can't make that case, you know. And you get laughed out of the, you know, out of the county fair for for making a statement like that. But you know, from a from a chart perspective, yeah. From a fundamental perspective. No, I just we're not going anywhere for for a while, unless something that, changes that, drastically. With all due respect to the charts and Gerald, I'd be I love that comment because I think that's what in a sense is keeps trying to give us these runs above ninety cents because the technicals do look so good, and and it's a dichotomy. Fundamentals are so bad, and I think we'll continue to get spec money, and I think all what all y'all said there. Bringing this market above 90, 90 of 92, 93, maybe 95. The technicals are there to do that. It's just, uh, as you say, every time we turn around, we make these huge adjustments. And I thought from this adjustment, gosh, we have to be limited up today when I first saw the production number. But then seeing carryover and the, the, how it flows through, uh, World carryover is down just a smidgen, so to speak. U.S. carryover is down nothing. I'll shut up again. Thank you. And, and you, know, you don't think that you don't – oh, I'm sorry, Kev. Go ahead. No, we've made several statements about the demand. Is most of this demand problem a consumer-oriented, or are we getting more competition again from synthetic fibers? Because typically when we get prices around this level – uh, the synthetic start to, uh, particularly polyester, starts to give us some competition. Haven't heard anybody talk about that. I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on this. Is is this a slowdown in the? I know OA made the comment about uh, slowdown in the economy, but maybe we're getting some fiber competition as well. I'm going to toss that out there and see what your thoughts are. Well, I think that uh, you know. The, the verbiage coming out of the mill sector is they cannot get their yarn prices up to match these cotton prices. So if they can't get yarn prices up, they're going to be looking, at least if it's 100% cotton, they're going to be looking for something else. And, I, you know, it, it, yeah, I just think at least as far as the consumer, as far as putting something in front of the consumer that they're going to buy, yeah, we're probably we're probably at the top end of, of what we can stand right now. You know, I don't think anybody. I say anybody. Um, what I started to say before when I was trying to interrupt you, Kip, was you don't think things. You don't think we're going to be carrying cotton for a while. Look at these bales that are coming to the board, uh, trying to trying to get some some carry into the market. Now, granted, it's high grade short staple stuff. 
that they're going to get a little premium for on the board. But, you know, just the fact that you can't sell it and somebody expects that they're going to have to be carrying cotton for a little while gives you gives you a clue in terms of, of what some people think about the, the fundamental side of things here for the short term, that, that we've got to get some carry back into this marketplace. No I didn't answer your question I, at all, Kip. I'm sorry. No, I understand what you're saying, but you you touched on another, I think, excellent point. There's no expression in the business, you know, if the best sale for cotton is the board, we're in trouble. And I think that's essentially what you just said. Folks are starting to put stuff on the board to push carry, and that tells us that whether it's a demand or supply problem, it's at least for the – foreseeable future here, it's going to be hard to make a, a, a case for a really strong price market. Kip, if I may, away again, you know, let's say cotton prices drop a dime. Uh, I do not see that we're going to increase exports much because back to your earlier question, uh, the mills, uh, the mills, in my opinion, they don't have the orders. If they had the orders, uh, you understand it better than I do. They don't care what the price of cotton is. It's going to cover. Yarn prices will cover it. But they don't have the orders at the retail level to support uh, demand that, that certainly a nickel lower and maybe a dime lower. Still not going to sell any cotton. No demand. I'll shut up again. I'm making notes here. Always says no demand. Gerald says dollar cotton. <laughs> uh, I got it. John didn't say anything. <laughs> yeah, the headline is there's no demand in a dollar cotton. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Note to OA, do not listen to anything Pat says. <laughs> All right. That's good advice. <laughs> Any other comments before we wrap this up? Well, I'd, I'd like to say something that uh, you may be asking for this in a moment, but from a grower standpoint, I want to be very aggressive up here, above 88 cents, above 87 cents. It, yeah, maybe, okay, so it does go to 95. Uh, technically, it does go to 107. You're still going to have 10, 15% of your crop left. Sell it up there. I want to be very aggressive up here and second off come harvest time i don't want to own any physical cotton i want if i want to still play the game i want every bit of it sold and i go back calls i think if we've ever seen a year when it's set up for calls to pay the toll i think this is the year now i'm certainly not going to guarantee it i'm not going to fund you as 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 the banker but I think this is the year to do it. But there, it makes no sense to me to pay any storage costs this year. Zero. Thank you. Any other? I think always. I think always exactly correct. Um, you know the the volatilities are down, Pat. I don't know what they're trading at, but in the low twenties anyway. You know the option vols are as cheap as we've seen them in what three, four, five years. I mean it's it's uh, it's. It's cheap, a lot cheaper insurance this year to, to go out and buy buy calls than, than we've seen in quite some time. All right. Any other thoughts? I'm glad y'all finally agree with something I said this year. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's uh, let's wrap it up. Uh, 
uh, we want to thank John for leading us today. We had an excellent meeting. Uh, thanks to our sponsor, BASF, for making this program possible. And thanks to you, our listeners, and we look forward to seeing you uh, next month.